Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Um, Happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, If I don't get to speak to you uh, later on this week, I hope you and your family have a joyous and peaceful day. Uh, Don't eat too much. You want to be able to read afterward. Today, I have a very special guest. Lisa Unger is the New York Times and internationally best-selling author of 17 novels, including The Stranger Inside. She has millions and millions of readers worldwide, and her books are published in 26 languages. I can't even name 26 languages. I think that's amazing. Um, She is widely regarded as a master of suspense and has a very unique twist on the psychological thriller. Um, Her books have been critically acclaimed and voted best of the year for USA Today, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Entertainment Weekly, Amazon, IndieBound. She's been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, NPR, Travel and Leisure, and yet she honors us by showing up at Authors on the Air. It's my pleasure to welcome Lisa Unger. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thanks for having me, Pam. I'm thrilled. Um, I'm thrilled that you're here. You know, we we brush past each other at voucher cons <laughs> and things like that. And, <laughs> and I think the I know. Last I feel like time, you're always you're always set up somewhere doing interviews, and I'm always feeling I am. Like I'm getting pulled in the. I'm always getting pulled in the other direction. I'm like, wait, I, I want to stop and talk. So here I am, I'm, finally. <laughs> I, I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, how are you enjoying our cooler Southwest Florida weather? Oh, I look forward to this. I really do. There's like both. a there's a time in like, you know, the end of August, September where you're asking yourself, Okay, why somebody remind me why I live here. Right. And then the weather changes. And then this and you're happens. Like, oh, yes. All right. Now I remember. <laughs> right. This happens and then you see what's happening across the rest of the what do they call it, a snow bomb or something? Yeah, you know, that's happening cyclone? all over. Yeah, uh, which I feel like that's like a, yeah. sounds like a made up word to me. Like it's like made up for maximum dread or something. It it probably is, although you know, yeah. hurricane has the same effect on me. So <laughs> yeah, true enough. <laughs> Lisa, I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, you know, I didn't realize that you've written 17 novels, or have there been more? And well, I'm. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go, go ahead. That's all right. Sure. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I could, I could be wrong about that. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've tried to count them all up. Did I miss one? No, it's uh, it is 17 novels, and I just finished um, my my 18th novel, which will publish next year. So um, that is, uh, yeah, 17 and counting. I guess we can say. Was it always your intention to be a published author? Uh, yes, I've been a writer since I was a kid. I never, I don't even actually remember a time before I defined myself that way. Um, I never wanted to be or do anything else but write. So I feel very blessed that I've been able to, to do that. It's a great job. For someone who wants to be a stay-at-home parent, too, isn't it? It can yeah. <laughs> work with your family quite well. And, and, it does. And, it can, yeah. yeah. I, I know a lot of people say, you know, I've I've talked to a lot of women who said, you know, it was my time to, I wanted to have babies, but I couldn't go out and work, but I always wanted to write. And so that made sense to me. 
you know, and I guess the same way for, for stay-at-home dads who write. It, it It is very conducive to family life. Yeah, it can be. I mean, I think that there are some unique challenges, though, to working at home and to being a creative who works from home. So there are always, you know, there's always like a lot of, you know, there's always a gauntlet that you have to run to get to that creative space, you know, which is true right. for every working parent. But, you know, when right. you're home and, you know, your 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 work is, you know, um, sort of d- dependent on like sort of the level of peace that you can achieve in your home, <laughs> there, are, yeah. there, are certain cha- there are certain challenges to getting to that creative space. But uh, you know, in essence, it does it does uh, it does it does uh, um, certainly lend itself to to family life and in you have in to other have respects. a safe a safe room or something you know that's bomb proof and and not proof soundproof and everything else <laughs> bomb proof would be good. Right. You know, a safe room in your house for you to go and write, where even if you lose your electricity, you're still on a grid someplace, you can write. Yeah, exactly. You get a and, generator and a, yeah. some candles and stuff. Yeah. Sure. I, I, th- I think parents of teenagers should all have safe rooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until they exactly. turn into real people again, you know. That's right. <laughs> Call me crazy, but. <laughs> oh, my exactly. goodness. Excuse me. <laughs> I, when you first started writing, did you know that you wanted to write psychological thrillers? Well, I feel like I I feel like I didn't choose psychological thriller any more than I chose to write in the first place. Um, really? So, like I said, you know, I was writing from a very young age, and also from a very young age, I had this kind of like dark and like ah. really twisted imagination. You know, so ah. I was always, you know, sort of, you know, and I think a lot of this had to do with a number of things. I can kind of trace it back to a number of things. First of all, the the writing side of my life, I mean, we traveled a lot as, you know, as, as a young person. I was always in a new school, always in a new country, in a new place. And so I always felt like sort of on the outside, you know, looking in. I was always like, right. felt like I was in, in the margins of every place that we were. So I think that that can form you as a writer, can make you like a very keen observer of people sure. and situations. And I also feel like the first, you know, the first place I ever felt like truly at home were, you know, in the pages of a book, whether it was somebody else's book or a story that I was writing. And that's yeah. where I really found a, like a space that I knew that I knew was mine, like a safe space, like you like you were talking about. Um, right. My mom is a librarian. So, you know, also wow. great lover of story. So she was an avid reader. My dad was an avid reader as well, but he's an engineer, so he's an avid reader of like, you know, nonfiction. And so we always have these vast sort of bookshelves, right? And um, you know, there was no censorship for me whatsoever. Like if I could reach it, I could read it. That was the rule. <laughs> I love that. I love so that. I was That's a reading really things great that were rule. like wildly inappropriate for my age and you know I had like these sort of you know the scarier the better you know um, anything that like I could get my hands on from Stephen King to Peter Straub to V.C. Andrews you know like and that was like sort of and I was reading these things like just way too young So I think in the, in some sense, like this kind of formed me. You know, I had yeah. This, you're a product of your reading habits. <laughs> exactly, I'm a product of my reading. And then my mom was always taking me to movies because 
you know, my dad hated to go to the movies because he's an engineer and he just thinks, you know, it's a waste of time and it's not real right. and whatever. He's, he's and, got a logical uh, and, brain. Yeah. Exactly. So she was always taking me to movies and she also, you know, sort of liked that kind of darker stuff. And so I was just kind of formed in this in this space. So I don't ever wow. feel like I chose to write thrillers and I don't feel like I ever chose to write at all I feel like that's just what I have what I've always been and so as I got older my you know my you know I I was you know sort of like a literary omnivore and I read you know across all genre and then of course you know delved you know deep into you know classical literature and you know and when I think you know I started reading um some great writers like like Truman Capote, for example. Sure. Um, he was like what that his short stories are like his sort of short fiction, nonfiction vignettes, like other voices, other rooms, um, right. music for chameleons. Like that's where I really fell in love with language. And then I kind of from there I read In Cold Blood. And I that remember was like, reading you know, that's that. A true, true crime, that's of course, true, right? Right. Um, maybe the first true crime book. And um, I I feel like in many senses, like that book kind of gave me permission to be who I was as a writer. So I want I'm a, I'm a spelunker. I want to shimmy into the sort of dark spaces of the human psyche right. and figure out what's there and try to understand what makes us who we are. And he was the first person that I read that was actually doing that. You know, he sort of examined this very this horrific crime and these very damaged people, but he did it with tremendous compassion and beauty. Yeah, I I think his writing was magnificent, and I probably read that way too young also. Um, You know, I I was thinking of what you were saying, if you could reach it, you can read it. Um, So when you look back on the things you read as a younger person, you're kind of horrified now. Do you think yeah. you understood those books, though, at, at the age that you read them? I don't know. I, I, my mom was like, no. She's like, she, she, she kind of felt like, oh, you know, it'll go, whatever you don't understand is going to go over your, over your head. Um, and, but I, don't, I think I did understand a lot. I think I understood more than, than maybe I should have. Yeah, that might be true. I remember reading my yeah. mom's books too, and and thinking, um, oh, this is you know an interesting story. And when I look back on some of those books that I read, I think I read them again and see them totally differently. But that's I yeah. think just through the years, you know, of just aging and and taking in more information and so on, um, you have a, a totally different lens on what you're reading and a different take. So. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely I think that's definitely true. And there are certain books that you know you go back to again and again over your lifetime. Yeah, what and are your go you, go back books, Lisa? Well, I love to. Uh, God, there's there are so many. I love um, one of my, like my first thriller. I think was Rebecca by Daphne wow. Murray. Yeah, yeah, that was like you know, and that really sort of zapped me. Because I just, you know, and I think it's a it's a theme that you kind of see, like, run through a lot of my work, which is, like, kind of the ordinary girl caught in these extraordinary circumstances. Yes. And um, it, that really, 
you know, is a is a book that I just, you know, love. Um, Jane Eyre is a book that I go back to again and again. Really? You know, which I, you know, most people wouldn't think of it as like, I mean, it's not, of course, it's not a thriller, but it kind of is in this weird way. Like there's, a, you know, there's a dark, dark mystery, a dark center yes. in that story. Yeah. Um, like, you know, one of, you know, one of my favorite books of all times. And then, uh, you know, In Cold Blood is another one. Um, to go back to again and again, you know, there, there are others as well, you know, a hundred years of solitude. Um, oh, yeah. There are, can, how, you know, short stories by Nathaniel amazing. Hawthorne, yeah. like the artist yes. of the beautiful. There are things that I, you know, that are just, you know, they, they're part of me because they're just, it's where I fell in love with, you know, story and writing and, you know, just that magical universe that opens to you as a reader. Yeah. I, um, I, I, you know, now that you're talking about that and the books that you read and everything, and I'm thinking back on what I gravitated to, I didn't read romance until probably 15 years ago, but I always yeah. did love a good spy mystery. And so yeah. it kind of makes sense that as a kid, um, I would go into the bookstore where they still had the Agatha Christie books on the spinning racks. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember reading my first one, Lisa, and and thinking, oh, this was so much fun. You know, you just an afternoon read and would decided to make a list of all of her books. All, there's like 115 of them. And I, I yeah. read those, bought those books in order and read them like that. And even though you didn't have to, but I liked the right. fact that I knew who her characters were after a while, who, who her, her main characters were. And it's so funny because the first time I read your book, um, I liked it so much. I had to go back to the very beginning and buy them on Kindle. So I read them in order. It's it's just a weird thing. I I don't know when you, when you get hooked into a writer as an avid reader, I want to know more. I mean, I want to know, I want to know everything, you know, that, that, that writer is writing, even if there are some books that I'm not fond of, it's still, gives a richness to whatever you're reading next, I think. And your yeah, forte yeah, seems to be language. Your 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 I like reading passages from your book out loud. So it rings a different part of my brain. Yeah, and I you know, I it's it's funny that you should say about, you know, starting at the beginning and, and reading all the way through and it's such an interesting you know, for me, like, I, I do, I have people who, like, I have a, you know, a newsletter list that I've, you know, like, a newsletter I've been sending out for, I don't know, maybe almost 20 years now. Wow. And some of those folks had been, you know, on that list from the very first book, which was Angel Fire, was published in 2002. Um, and they've been reading ever since. And I'm always amazed by that because, you know, Angel Fire was my first novel. I started writing it when I was 19 years old. Wow. And wow. I you know, I just finished my 18th novel and you know, I'll be, I'm I'm 49, I'll be 50 next year. And I think to myself, some of these readers have been reading me that long and you know, I I my goal is you know, of course, every book, I want it to be better than the book that came before. Every day I, I sit down and I think to myself, today I can be a better writer than I was yesterday. And that's always like sort of my goal. And so I hope that, 
you know, the book that I wrote when I when I was 19. <laughs> it's unrecognizable to the book that you know I just finished today. That I've come well, so far over. I mean, I shudder to say it. 30 years. Well, let's. Well, wait a minute now. Let's 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 go back and look at that. I'm always interested in what writers of your caliber and stature think about their first books and you're just you're saying like you shudder to think about it but oh no uh, no you... I don't mean to I don't mean to say I shudder to think about the book I meant I shudder to oh, think okay. of the, thir- the 30 years I, oh. <laughs> I I I will go I will yeah definitely I do not feel that way about my early work oh, I okay. you know I every single book that I have written represents the pinnacle of my ability at that, at time. that time, right? <laughs> like I, I was literally could not have written a better book than I did. Then you did at the time. <laughs> I, I think uh, that's a really important thing. I think for people to remember. I have a. Do you have um, an unpublished manuscript hidden hidden at the bottom drawer of your desk someplace? I have partials and things that have not worked, and you know, stuff. You know stuff that has never come to fruition. I don't necessarily know that I have a finished, like, publishable novel sitting around. Actually, Angel Fire was the first book I wrote, the first novel that I completed, and it is the first one I sold. That's amazing. What an amazing story. Um, So... Uh, you have a child or children, I don't know. Are your is your anybody else in your family creative the way you are? Yeah, my daughter is uh she's thirteen going on fourteen and she is. She's a she's a very talented writer, um, and artist and she's also um is an animator. So she's really? been studying animation now for a while and she just contributed to a short film um that is that uh, was a uh, her um her teacher received a grant to do a film about the rusty patch bee bumblebee which is an endangered mm-hmm. bee so she was a contributing um animator to that film and um yeah she's you know a fully realized creative she's a you know a visual wow. artist and and a writer fearless That's fabulous. fearless creative you have, just absolutely you're going- just you're going to have to introduce her to Alex Segura and, you know, if oh, she's yeah. interested in doing comics or something, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, you never know. That's so yeah. funny. Um, oh, how wonderful. Does she yeah. understand how popular you are? Does she have a, an awareness of that outside of her being your daughter? Yeah, she does. She, does she? She, in fact, she has more of an awareness of it than I think I do because she's always like, <laughs> Mom, you're famous. I'm like, no, Ocean, I'm not famous. Writers are never famous. She's like, Mom, you're famous. Mom, you're in the newspaper again. Mom, you're on television. I and a couple times over the last um, the last few years, um, I every year I I uh, I speak at the Tampa Bay Times Festival of Reading, right? Which is an amazing conference. I don't know, Pam, if right. you've ever had a chance to go, but it's so great. And it's the week a couple before years ago, Miami I got to, Book Fair. So, right, uh, so in the Miami Book Fair. I've been there right. m- many times as well. Um, right. And uh, I was uh, I was able to interview, a few years ago, I was able to interview Judy Bloom on stage. Wow. And her whole class got to come. She was in fourth grade at the time, so her whole fourth grade class came and sat in the front row and, you know, got to ask Judy questions and stuff. So, And then uh, just this past week, um, 
I or just this past month on the ninth of November, I interviewed R. L. Stein. On oh, he's stage. wonderful. Again, yeah. Oh, he's so yeah. great. He's so amazing. He, I just love talking a, to him. Yeah. He's so great. So all her friends got to come to that too. So she's like, "Mom, you're famous. Mom, you're famous." I'm like, "I'm not." I keep trying to convince her. I'm really not. <laughs> Am I going to see you in March at Southwest Readers Fest? You are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Good. I think we'll I'm going to be. I think I'm speaking with Michael Carita and Chris Pavone. Yeah. 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 yeah I yep. think we are going to be making well, trouble. In, at the festival, like as we do pretty much every time we get together. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love that. Yes, I already have your your book set aside for signing. My bestie and oh, I right. go every year. They, the library folks know us well. <laughs> they just say, oh, here yeah. comes the radio lady, you know, with with my suitcase of books to have everybody sign. So, um, yeah, that's I'm great. <laughs> I'm thr- so tell us a little bit, for those who have not read The Stranger Inside, Will you please share a little bit about the book? Yeah. Um, so the the Stranger Inside is the, my seventeenth novel, as we have discussed. And um, when we sort of, you know, for me, it's always like a character voice or voices that I follow through my manuscript. And in this case, there were, you know, two sort of very powerful voices. Um, but Rain Rain Winter, um, when we first start the book, she is a investigative journalist turned stay-at-home mom um her daughter is about a year old and uh, you know she left her big career um for a lot of reasons partially it was like sort of her contract with her husband you know somebody needs to be home and partially it was because you know a story that she had been investigating um you know some was uh the story ended very badly with a like a, a tremendous travesty of justice and it kind of Mm -hmm. upended her faith in what she was doing and you know what she was hoping to achieve with her work so she kind of walked away from her life as an investigative journalist and had and threw herself into stay-at-home motherhood but as the year sort of progressed and you know she's starting to feel a little um tug back to her work the story that she had been investigating takes a new turn and she kind of gets drawn back in to, you know, the events that, you know, more or less ended her career. And um, the deeper she gets into the story that she was working on, the closer it takes her to some demons from her own past. Wow. That's the basic setup for The Stranger Inside. I know that, I know that you um, are, are a very character driven writer. My, I wonder if you can tell me how you choose the storyline. What is oh, it that? Oh, no, I have no access to that. Really? <laughs> so for me, so like I could tell you how. Let me tell you how it works for the stranger inside. So there's always a germ, right? There's always like one um, thing that like kind of sparks a curiosity, it's like kind of a zap, like there's a very particular feeling that I get. And usually it leads me to like a swath of research about something. It's not always linear. It's not like it happens and then that's the book that year. It might be the seed for a character. It might be like, you know, and it could be anything. It might be a news story. It might be a line of poetry, Uh, but something for whatever, it kicks around in my head in some way or another. 
Um, so in this case, the germ for the stranger inside was um, in, within a book that I read when I was researching another novel. And um, the book is called The Inner World of Trauma by a man named Donald Kalshad. And in his book, he, he talks about how um, in extreme childhood trauma, the, the psyche can split. And that he talked about it in such a way that he almost viewed it as a gift. That if it didn't split, um, then the self would not have survived. And it's so the it's in it's a Jungian concept called the splinter psyche, and it's not like a split personality like we would you know like we have known come to know it in in fiction and and right. other ways. It's more like the stronger aspects of the personality um, emerge to protect, protect the weaker the aspects of right. the psyche. Yeah. Right. And so um my so I read about this and I you know spent a lot of time wondering about it what happens to these stronger aspects when um the self tries to reintegrate when you heal after trauma and try to move back to wholeness what happens to those elements. So that was like the question that was sort of nagging at me. Um, and so then what happens is I start to hear a voice or voices. And in this case, I said it was two voices. It was Rain Winter. It was also Hank Reams, her childhood friend. Right. And I follow these voices. Sorry. Oh, you're a dog lover. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Usually I have a cat meowing next to me, so it's quite all right. I thought we'd be done before the guitar lesson. Ma, so. Just remember, <laughs> mom, you're famous, and then woof, woof. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but you're real. <laughs> Animals I am. put you in your place. This is real life. <laughs> Animals and children put so, you in your place. <laughs> um, so I follow those voices through the story. Right. And right. I don't, um, you know, I, I, don't, I sit down day to day. I don't know who's going to turn up. I don't know what they're going to do. I have a vague sense of what my story might be about. I might have like a paragraph or even just like an unformed, like half thought. Right. I definitely don't know how the book is going to end. And um, that's how I have written every book. I, I feel like the story is there and I just have to find it. And that's what I do day to day. So it's everything for me flows from from character. Every story, uh, character is always first. Story <laughs> is always last. It, I, I, now I'm I'm seeing your pattern when you said it starts with a little seed. So your book actually is being fertilized and watered and nurtured yeah. and taken care of all along the, until that. Yeah blooms whatever that seed is mm -hmm. it's an interesting yep. way of looking at things um i i'm fascinated by it L lisa while while we're at this point and i'm not going to take any more of your time um because we're almost out of time in the studio would you please tell everyone where they you they can find you on the web and if you like in social media Oh yeah, I'm in, I'm so easy to find. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, um, author Lisa Unger. Twitter is just at Lisa Unger. Instagram, I'm um, La Unger, and you know my website is <laughs> LisaUnger.com. 
I'm everywhere. Everything I'm literally everywhere. <laughs> Everything is there. And you will be here in Southwest Florida at Southwest Readers Fest in March. Um, yes. Any other plans? Are you going to be anyplace else in the meantime? Um, I I think that, well, I, one, one event before that, I'll be at the Field Club in Sarasota. That's going to be in February. And I think those are the only two events of the spring. I try to keep my schedule pretty, um, my travel schedule and, you know, my appearance schedule pretty focused around the pub. So the rest of the year I've been, you know, focused on the writing. Right. Um, Right. But, yeah, so and all those events will, um, and everything as it comes up will be, you know, added to my my website, of course. And, you know, often, you know, and everything will be promoted in social media. So, if you want to know how my schedule evolves, like that's where to that's where to find out. All right, uh, I appreciate you taking so much time to spend with me. It's been absolutely a hoot to to talk to you. And so great uh, to talk to you. Famous, famous or not, you're just a hell of a gal, and um, and so <laughs> down to earth. <laughs> really, you're just a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you again in March. I wish you and your family the most wonderful holidays, and I will Same see you, you next year. Thank you Thank so you, much. Pam. This is Lisa so Unger. The book, this book is The Stranger Inside. You've got to get it. I will see you soon. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, folks, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. 